Greetings, nerds. This is Cena Nerd. I'm your host, Sarah Belmont, and with me, as always, is our Mr. Producer, Will Paul. How are you doing tonight, Will? Doing well. Very well, Sarah. Happy birthday. Thank you. I, yeah, this is my first time recording on my birthday. I know. I know. We recorded around your birthday, but it's actually, I'm, I'm really, uh, it's awesome to be able to actually wish you, wish you one here live on the podcast. Yeah. It's, it's different. I mean, today, honestly, nothing special. Happened today. <laughs> I know. That's nothing the thing about having a birthday in the middle of the work week, but you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's yeah. Tuesday. It's not Wednesday. I wish it was yeah. Wednesday night, yeah. but yeah, it's just, yeah, it's um but then again, my my birthday I've never really done anything special or was thinking about it even when I've taken off for it. I've just slept in. That's it. That's my yeah. treat. Um I'm really boring yeah. and I and I like don't like being the center of attention, so I shy away from festivities that are about me. I'm like, "Oh, dear lord, my poor mom. She tries so hard." <laughs> She's like, she does. "No, it's she not going to ever happen." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she does. But uh we all we we all we do it because we care. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's the polite thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay. Um so on to I don't know, not so great news. You you told me you wanted to rant about the flash. Um Yeah. Just... It's the flash, so go ahead. I didn't yeah. want no, I mean, just mainly, just a real quick, a quick rant about last week's episode. I mean, it's this, uh, this series is limping to the end. Grant's done. Everybody's done. Uh, not that it was a bad episode as far as it's in and of itself, but it was just really Eric Wallace is just taking, I just wanted to say this feels like he's taking a big dump on the, on the original Teen Flash because, um, Spoiler alert, if you haven't watched the episode, don't stop here. If you have watched the episode, you know that uh, we learned that Caitlin Snow died off-screen. And uh, they create a new Kiyomi, I believe the new character that Daniel Panabaker is playing now. It's a variant of of Caitlin and Frost. And just, you know, just, you know like I said, it, it just really, it was just really off-putting. And really felt disrespectful to people who have like been so invested with this show. But like you were saying in the pre-show, um, they, they've, 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 and we've talked about this before. They've, they've really never figured out what to do with Caitlin to begin with. And, and this was like the final like nail in that, um, uh, where they just kill her off screen and, and it doesn't, you know, unless something really, unless they're planning on, surprising us at the end um you know doesn't seem like carlos is coming back and you know unless he's pulling an andrew garfield which is possible but um but yeah it just feels like the 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 original triumph the the original trinity of the show is just not even being properly sent off uh as the series comes to a close but we did get yeah but we did get news that uh Teddy Sears is returning as um, Hunter Zolomon, and uh, of course John Wesley should have to be back as Jay Garrick. Um, and, and Why I guess do you say that like it's good news. <laughs> like, yeah. yay, Hunter Zolomon is back. <laughs> it's like mm, I, don't I don't know, know if, if it's good news or not. Was, like waiting for him to come back. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think it, it lends to you know the more I think about it, and you know we uh, we talked about this either here on the on the cast or maybe just uh, just maybe Twitter. Just, DM conversation or something that the way the season is structured, it just seems like it's the greatest hits and they're like bringing back all these characters. But I'm really thinking it's a lot of this time travel and things are going to happen where, uh, there'll, there'll be events that have happened throughout the, the, the last eight years of the show. Right. And, and Not very the bad ones, right? Yeah, yeah. going to focus on the bad ones because before the show, you were telling me you were pre-ranting about the Flash, yeah. Yeah. and um, and I made the comment: Have they ever done Caitlyn good? Like, has the writers ever given her justice? And the moment I said that, I all I wanted to take it back because immediately what flashed in my mind: if if you're a Flash fan, you have to agree with me on this. 
The best episode that featured Caitlin is the one Kevin Smith directed in season three. Mm-hmm. Because because it wasn't just about Caitlin. It was the actual that was the closest. And I didn't read the comments, but from what I, uh, comics, but from what I understand, that was the closest we ever got to the real, real Killer Frost, real Caitlyn dynamic. Mm-hmm. So, so if if you're wanting to view best hits, and you're really mad about this week's or last week's episode, recommend go back and rewatch that because you yep. know there was magic. They killed it. But there was magic at one point with this show. Yep, yep. So that's that's all I have to say about the show. But I just, I, you know, it's the final season, and I just, given that, clearly our relationship with that show and 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 and, and all, and how it was the thing that brought us together here. I just, whenever moments like that happen, I, I just feel like I just, I've, I've got to just get on here and just air my grievances. Yeah. No, it's, it's, you're, you're experiencing hate watch right now. I experienced that <laughs> during the last season of Arrow. Yeah. Um, but, but it is what it is. Unfortunately, the, the one franchise I thought was protected is, is not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> kinda. But, yeah. um, so I, I kinda have heard bits and pieces about the variety article that came out with Kevin Feige. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it included the announcement that I think it included the announcement that the Marvels are being moved to oh. from. A, well, well, even if it's not, we do know that the Marvels are being moved from June to November. Yeah, July to November. Yeah, July to November. Yeah, um, I, I knew it was a J month. Um, yeah. So all I have to say in all of this. Especially because we'll talk about quantum idiom. Boy, will we talk about it. But I just need to know one thing. When the fuck are we getting Loki season two? I need that release date. I don't care about anything else. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> to that. Yeah. To, yeah, exactly. So we're surrounding the Mar- the Marvel's move. So I guess uh, the art, the variety article, and, and I think there were a couple. The, it didn't reference the Marvels directly. The Marvels news, I think, dro- dropped independent of that article, I believe, on Friday, uh, with the new poster release and and everything. But leading up to that, you are correct that Marvel is planning on dialing some things back, and that was one of the things that Feige did talk about there, and a couple other forms as well, where um, the the output had, I think, has um, really um in some people's eyes and i think and and i and i would agree with this has has really harmed a product in some in in some regard um maybe you know some people are very excited having just a boatload of stuff just coming 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 i'm of the i'm of the opposite side where it's just like you know it's taking the specialness away of it by just having too much out there at once and trying to keep up with everything I don't think that's what's happening. I yeah. think it goes back to what we were talking about on A plus opinions. I think I I think the uh what we're what we're seeing is the actual side effects of COVID. We're yeah. seeing how the yeah, Disney Plus was a big thing. They put a but they put all of this this work into these shows and mm-hmm. into these products to get launched. They they even dropped short films with um yeah. I Am Groot and Werewolf by Night. But as a business, it didn't make mm-hmm. them mu- very much money. Like right. their money is in the cinemas. Yeah. So th- I don't you're I right. understand where you're coming from a fan, from a viewer perspective, but I really think this all goes back to the business side of it based mm-hmm. on what was said in that article that we discussed about how at the end of the day, they're not seeing the returns that they thought or hoped they would. Um, and so they have to go back to the formula where they, where the, which is pre pandemic. Yeah. And That's see, yeah. And see if they can get back to that place where these movies were making billions of dollars. And I mean, Ant-Man did good. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
And, and, and that just further proves <laughs> we, we have to remember guys, producers are businessmen. <laughs> yep. yep. <laughs> like, like, yeah, yeah. Quality sells, but I mean, what, there was this weird movie. Um, I think it was called Venom. Um, mm-hmm. and it had a sequel because of how much money it grossed in cinemas. So. Yep. Yeah, I yeah. I think at, at the end of the day, I I'm just viewing this all of this from the lens that it was made clear to us a few weeks ago they were not making money off of Disney Plus the way they thought they would. That's a very good point, and I'm glad you I'm glad you brought it back to that because that, at at its core, that really is what it is, and because uh, because one of the things that you know Disney Plus has lost subscribers, which was the first time. That that's happened since the platform has been launched, and 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 you're right. I mean, they're just not get the revenue is in the cinema, not not the streaming services, and and I think they're making that adjustment to where I, I think the new the, the new calculus, from what I understand, as far as the the equation moving forward, will be I think three movies and mm-hmm. and two TV shows. So one would be Loki season two this year and then the other would be um secret invasion mm-hmm. and no 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 known release dates on either of those right as of as of this recording that is correct okay well they can all screw themselves because i just i need yeah. <sighs> i so <clears throat> as much as i fell asleep during quantum Manium, and thought that it was arguably one of the weaker written scripts in the MCU. Um, and as much as I like Jonathan Majors, even he couldn't, could barely save it for me. But I, I told you this, that, um, I did not go back and rewatch the final episode of Loki season one. I did after I watched Quantumania. And it took me all of one minute of dialogue to be like, I, this is why I love this show so much. Because the, the way that, that, that character, he who remains mm-hmm. his motivation. It, it's very similar to Kang that we get in Quantumania. It's very similar motivation. However, when he was talking, all I could think about was how it related to the journey that Loki goes on in that season. Mm-hmm. And that is what was missing from Quantumania. Mm. Like, like there's so many flaws in Quantumania and so many issues. But at the end of the day, I, I really don't like Scott, like, fell flat for me there there he he and his family end up sucked in there and then it's just about them getting out yeah and and um i was listening to um christian harloff do his spoiler review um with winston and coy and they they also mentioned this like they could have done so much more in terms of scott's loss of time yeah. And played into that. And and say what you will about phase four properties. We always go back to, at the end of the day, that phase was about loss. Mm-hmm. And so despite all of the flaws in those TV shows or movies, if if the writers did a good job expressing loss and grief, mm-hmm. then 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 there were some real strengths in it. And this one just, I couldn't, I was, I was bored. And, and I will say, um, my last like precursory review is that my, my theater was pretty, like it wasn't full, full, but there was a decent amount of people and, and literally two seats away from me, a little girl and her mom, a little girl who's like primed for this stuff. Our theater was so quiet. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah movie i and and that's why i told you i honestly would rank love and thunder above this because i remember laughing during love and thunder i i laughed maybe twice yeah. <laughs> that, 
<laughs> yeah. Well, well, we missed, and I, I, I was talking to you about this last night. It was like I, I missed the uh, the gang, the uh, Michael Pena and uh, mm-hmm. uh, Ti and uh, uh, Dash Even though he was, even though he did play the goo guy in the in the quantum realm, but as far as voicing that character, but um, I but would call yeah, the guy, but yeah. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, the whole the whole guy. Yeah, but um, you know, I I hear I hear I agree with most of your points about the film. I, I I one of the flaws I did find in it was that they Scott didn't have much growth, right? Either and 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 and, it, and they and they touch on it at the end. And I don't want to you know, and we'll get into more detail earlier, but. I mean, just bigger, bigger overarching theme. It seems that the Scott Lang that we met at the beginning of the film is, is still the same Scott, but just asking a few questions at the end. But, uh, there was just so, they could have mined so many more deeper things in there, especially given Cassie and, and, the, and, and like you said, the loss and the loss of time and, 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 and all. But, uh, overall, I mean, it was, it was. I just basically rated this one down as a, as a good popcorn film. Um, I wouldn't give it that. I honestly <laughs> wouldn't. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I'm here. I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I was just. Um. I mean, I, that, that's just my take. Um, yeah. Absolutely. And, yeah. I mean, I. I. You know, it wasn't like I, I did like it, and I. You know, as I mentioned to you before, I'll mention it here for our listeners. I did like it better than Thor: Love and Thunder. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I mean, anyone who listened to me last summer knows that Sarah had to like pull me back from the ledge <laughs> because I was, <laughs> I was, uh, I was, I was about, I was getting, I was not uh, in a good spot with with that film with the MCU. Yeah. But yeah, um, but, um, but but this one, you know, it was. It it was okay. I thought honestly, I thought the second act was the strongest act, Thank you. act, of, act of the film. Um, the third act uh, had the the Marvel flaw. I, I know you tweeted um, one flaw, which was it seemed like too much was given away in the trailers. But that's oh, not the one that bothered me. Can, no, can I can I explain yeah. that tweet? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because I think it was taken out of context, and this is why I hardly ever tweet things. I just retweet. But so I, you guys know me, I try to avoid trailers as much as possible. And yes, we did because Will forces me every now and then to watch the trailers. Um, so I forgot about the trailer, and then I watched the movie, and then and then I was on Twitter and I saw the trailer, <laughs> <laughs> and I thought to myself. Oh my god. So many scenes from the third act. <laughs> yeah. Dear lord. Like my I didn't have an issue watching the movie and telling myself okay. um like oh I'm waiting for this to happen cuz I honestly forgot. I was in my mind writing the movie and mm. that's where I like when I can predict a joke it's not funny. <laughs> I'm sorry. Mm, yeah. <laughs> it's just not funny. So, um, yeah, that that was what I was going for. Um, okay, I was I enough. was kind of I just I just think marketing like screws yeah. over these products so often. But anyway, yeah. okay. what was the flaw you were you were going on? I, I have another one. <laughs> yeah, and we may have the same it may be the same one. It was the cookie cutter nature of the third act. I think um I just felt like all you did was with the final battle is like, didn't I just watch this in Wakanda forever? Um, and every other MCU film. And I think it's, it's just getting too formulaic. And I'll go, whenever we get deeper into our, into, you know, when we really flush out our, 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 our spoiler review here. Um, but heck, I'll just mention it now. I mean, I think I wish the fight between Kang and Scott, the ferocity, that to me should have been the focus at the at the end, and there's things they could have done with it to make it which better. Fight? Which fight? Because I the, feel like it, they fought three times. The the final one where he actually where Scott finally actually uses the Pym 
devices to oh. trap. Yeah. The what? um the uh teaser for Creed three. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, my whole issue with that scene was like, I've seen Creed 3 trailers, and you're not going to tell me that Jonathan Majors in a fist fight can get beaten by um, Paul Rudd. Like, yeah, yeah. He's well, that's just it. His belief. Yeah, <laughs> <No> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, uh, but like I said, it, it just, I, I, they just need to figure out. I mean, I know with these films, with you know, in in in, in all these films in the genre, you know, you, you, the you you want the big big spectacle at the end, but sometimes less is more. And I just and and I just felt like it was it just felt too herky jerky, um, and I just felt it just felt repetitive, and it was and I just it, and it just felt I just felt like seeing this before you're taking me out of, you're taking me out of the film, right. Absolutely. And, and I think why this, this one rubbed me such a wrong way is because there's a moment where suddenly you're just like, whoa, oh, he's going to be trapped there. Mm -hmm. Yes. They're going to be trapped there. That's cool. Yeah. Cool. No, 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 no. Because Cassie, she built this. Mm-hmm. So yes, they did get lost in quantum mania, the quantum zone, because Cassie is apparently another genius. Which, why are all these kids geniuses on yeah, yeah, me? Yeah. Um, they're all so, <laughs> Yeah, so she didn't realize she turned it on, but then they screwed up turning it off, got stuck there, and then as soon as she's out, within five minutes, she can turn it right back on and pull them mm-hmm. back out. Um, but, but I want to touch on something you, you were getting at, and I think I might have interrupted, but so, so he used the pin particles to trap King, right? Yeah, right, right. Okay. So what is with every reviewer being like, Kang got beaten by ants? Okay. Kang did not get beaten by ants because no. Kang has 6,000 lives in this movie. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I just I don't know. I like there's a fist fight, and then even then he's not, and that's why I feel I like that last bit of dialogue where he is questioning. Like mm-hmm, you're mm-hmm. not supposed to walk out of the movie thinking like even that version of the character we're never going to see again because he's clearly still alive, and they yeah. they figured out a loophole in the most. To your point, stereotypical, I've seen this all before, this is formulaic, it's stupid, there's nothing original about this. Yeah. So, it's just... (sighs) And like I said, I mean, it was, you know, it was two hours and five minutes of just, it was just a good popcorn film. Uh, And... I agree. (laughs) Yeah, I know you disagree, but I I mean, I, I guess... I, I mean, guess. it depends on what you what you define as a popcorn film. Because for me, love Thor and fun like I I think that's a popcorn film. I yeah. I did not have as many. I was not as angry about the writing of mm-hmm. that movie as I am about this movie because I felt like there was so there were there throughout it. There's these scattered moments of potential. And then they swerve and go back to no. And and you said it right off the get go, like there there was no growth with Scott. Like like what was his hero's arc? Like there was nothing. And then there's no and then we haven't even talked about the whole wasp of the situation, which I didn't mind that they didn't use Evangelina Lily as much. <sighs> I have issues but I do have issues with Michelle Pfeiffer and only because she was great in yeah. all of the flashback scenes, even mm-hmm. in present day when you can tell there's something weighing on her. But when it comes to like the 45 hour marker and she still has yet to mention the word Kang, yeah. like, dear Lord. And honestly, the biggest flaw in this movie is, I mean, I'm sure there's there's like Vegas bets going on right now, but there's there's a there's a child, right? And it's half her and half Kang, right? There's a child. See, I no, I don't there's, think so. I think 
Yeah, I I I read there. I so it's so I read their really their relationship is strictly professional platonic. And they were there for ages. Yeah, well, but she hooked up with Bill Murray's character. After a woman has needs, I know, and a Hank has his after, needs, but after yeah. that was after that was post her finding out who he really was. They still had ages together working on that ship. I know, but I, I don't. I, yeah, I never, I never got that that vibe from them. It's just weird how. I mean, I yeah, I get he like keeps his promises, yeah. but even when she he does capture her, and maybe this is why people also had issues with Kang and just <clears throat> is he ruthless or is he not? He 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 wants to still take her like hit her with him. In this weird way. I don't know. There was just this. And I'm not saying. I'm sure there isn't. Um, You guys know me. I love to um, poke <laughs> and, and just allude to things that probably because, A, where is he? But also, sorry, I'm, I'm going to move off of that point because um, Will's no fun about it. But I'm sorry. <laughs> um, sorry, I didn't go down the shipping lane with you. Something <laughs> that bothered me through I want to say 75% of this movie. This is not Scott's first time in the quantum zone. <laughs> yeah. But but it but I know is, time yeah. moves differently and he was only there for 5 years, she was there for 30 years. I still I I and math is hard. But it just still feels a bit odd how like he never even talked about like his experience. I don't know. It just it felt off. Um, well, maybe maybe he did, but they edit the ed- that ended up on the editing floor because I mean he you know because he kept talking about that you know all his other stuff in that damn book. <laughs> well, yeah, and I was thinking about it. I was thinking about how um, we watched maybe, maybe we uh, um, we had She Hulk. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year, you hated it. Right. I thought it was okay. Um, had mm-hmm. its strengths and weaknesses, and now we're seeing Ant Man. And and I'll be honest, Ant Man's never been like the Ant Man films. I have never been like, oh my god, I can't wait to rewatch it. I've watched them all, forgotten mm-hmm. about them all. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, but for he, me, this he works so well. As part of the Avengers ensemble. Mm-hmm. In the Avengers movies, he works. The first two episodes of She-Hulk work because you had Hulk there with her. Yeah. You, so, so what I'm getting at is I think what we're seeing and finally recognizing with Ant-Man is that there are characters who can stand alone. Mm-hmm. Or a few movies, and maybe you sprinkle in a few um, supporting characters. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. But but it's just that their pathos, their trajectory is worth explaining independently outside of the main group. But then there's these other characters who who are better as supporting and 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 don't really have that pathos that can uphold. A, a movie, much less a movie that's going to introduce, well, fully introduce your main bad guy. But yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. that's, that's just something that came to me earlier today. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I'll agree with you on that point. Uh, I think, uh, Scott is, I mean, I, I will say I've rewatched the Ant-Man at the first Ant-Man, Ant-Man 2. It doesn't. It, it it hasn't held up well for me at all. Um, the first one I do enjoy, um, but I, I think the things that I, as far as the second one, I, I like the lot things as far as the, the supporting characters in it. Uh, but the whole story just kind of falls apart with with Ghost and and Bill Foster and 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 some of the choices that were made there in, in that in that film. But uh, with this one. See, I, I think I just felt like it was just very incomplete. It just, there was no, like we had like, we had three leads. We had Scott, we had Janet and we had King. 
Mm-hmm. Um, we had, you know, and, you know, and the, the issue I have with Scott's story is, like I said, I just didn't feel like he, he there was a, a, a arc of growth in him. Um, I felt, it's especially him, because they could have used Scott and Cassie's relationship. They could have really gotten a lot deeper in that. How Scott, you know, being an Avenger, how being away, how, you know, how, how he made his mistakes and stuff that, but, and they, and they touched on it some with like with her getting arrested and, you know, getting, you know, getting put in jail, not because she was like trying to be a thief or anything, but she was trying to do good in the world because, you know, clearly Scott, you know, so Scott has influenced her in that regard. Like, you know, there, there are bigger things to be concerned about. Uh, so, but I just, I don't know. It just didn't seem to be a very cohesive, didn't, there was no focus. Yeah. There was there was no focus because you have Ant Man, yeah. and here's your um character, but you're kind of you kind of have Cassie who ends up sparking this whole adventure into Quantum Zone, and he he's just like my life is perfect right now, mm-hmm. um, and I I and and see even that setup it's incomplete because yeah. there's no. There's not that moment of, of, I, I didn't want, I don't know. It's just a weird thing. Um, it, yeah, it, it like his story is incomplete. Janet, I already mentioned my, my issue with her story and how like, yeah, there were, there were a lot of good parts, but then there's this part where you're really just like, for the love of God, because we if we have to spend one more scene where you refuse to tell Hope and Hank yeah. what happened. Yeah. Oh, my God. And even even Kang. So. Jonathan Majors, I love Jonathan Majors. OK, we all know this. This is like not new. Yeah. Um, I, I really I like all of his scenes in the flashback, even even when even in the third act, he's good. The part that upsets me the most is the council of um the the council of kings and right. and and there's the c g i aspect of it that's just bad, but it just felt so cringy the way they were dressed. <laughs> it just felt so cringy and and there wasn't there wasn't anything ominous. I did, however, as soon as I like fixated on that, I did pay attention a little bit more on to what they were saying. And, mm-hmm. and I think it's interesting the choice of words. Granted, like this movie has set me up to only let me down time and time again. But for some reason, the, I want to believe that there can be some good preserved from this, um, shit show. Um, I find it interesting that they say the exiled one is now gone because in a way he who remains was also exiled. He exiled himself in a way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I just, and, and then they show the um, time stream and the, um, what do the, the branch, the branches, the breaches, Mm -hmm. breaches. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which, intrusions. Yeah, I guess. Oh, yeah, which just makes me think more. Oh, they're talking about he who remains. They have to be talking about he who remains because, yeah. because honestly, if they were talking about Khan or King, we really didn't see that much bad he can do with with time. Yeah, he destroyed a few things, but really, Janet saw that. We didn't really see it. So I just I found it, and 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 then I think more about what Kang said about why he did what he did in the sense that his variants play with time like children. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's why we get the scene in like the Coliseum where everybody's going wild because like, look, like, dear Lord, <laughs> calm down. Yeah. <laughs> um, cool. but yeah, so, so my, 
my my head just just I, I really want to watch Loki season two. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Before we get to the second, uh, um, I, I do want to just talk a little bit about the Council of Kings because I think it, you know, the, I know it. To your point about he who remains and and the council, so you know it seems that whenever that scene first got to it, I also went there as well as my thought that they are talking about him, um, that variant, uh, who, you know, who is actually you know was a variant that was created unique for for Loki, mm-hmm. uh, for that show, and uh, and 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 his whole goal of you know being the head of the TVA and and all that, and and we see. Um, you know, when we see the end of Loki, uh, we, we, you know, we see the, um, I guess, Chronopolis, um, I think. And, and so, um, I think the Kang that Kang, you know, Kang the Conqueror. So they, I think he's the exile because I guess the Mortis, who is like the, uh, was the, uh, person who summoned all of the Kang, you know, all of the people to the council. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's sort of the de facto leader of, of all these kings and, and realizes that, you know, because, and to your point, you know, Kang the Conqueror is, you know, he, he looks at these other, these other variants as his children just kind of playing around with things, whereas he really wants to, you know, be the boss and, 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 and run the show. So, uh, and, and so, so Immortus and then the other two, as far as, you know, the, the Tut Kang and, um, and I guess there's some discussions about whether or not the third one was either, I guess, uh, uh, Scarlet Centurion or Iron, um, Iron Lad. Um, but in any event, they all, they're all their motivations are, we got to stop the conqueror here because if we don't he's going to really fuck things up and we're all going to lose so well he was he was wiping out their timelines on his own and so that's why they quote unquote exiled him i i totally understood that in the movie my thing though is they already exiled him why does it matter if he's now dead because he's not dead that's just it they since but they are they, all kings, but they're all kings. So they they and they're all taught. They all like have can see past, present, future. So they know to your point that you were making earlier. Well, these people are like saying that the ants that he got you know killed yeah, yeah, and overpowered yeah. by the ants. They know that he 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 is he is trapped in that in that in that realm in that quantum re- in in the you know in that realm. So it's just a matter, it's just a matter of like someone else stumbling across him in the quantum realm, freeing him so that he can come back in and. No, you're you're not convincing me because they had that same threat when they locked him in the quantum zone to begin with. Right. But he, and they realized that. They, they recognize that he is, he was able to escape from that once so he can do it again. So they've got to figure out a way he to like. Escaped. He came close to escaping, but he never actually yeah. escaped. Am well, I, yeah, but that, that's, what I yeah. understood from it, from it is they were saying the exiled one is gone as in dead. And so, and so, and now, and that means that they. AKA the Avengers have gotten too close to time itself. And mm-hmm. so I, I'm holding, I'm holding, I'm holding um, firm on my, my opinion that they have to be talking about he remains because I, you exiled him once and then he gets, he gets re exiled <laughs> by someone yeah. else and now you're mad. That does, it doesn't make any yeah, sense. But I thought, but, but when Sylvie killed He Who Remains, I thought that that unleashed all. I mean, I thought that was what spread caused the, all the the chaos in the various timelines. Right, right, absolutely. But they they had already exiled Kang, from what I understand, before that. Yeah, yeah. So, so I, I, my, I took it as. 
as they were talking about that, that is a post-credit scene of Loki more mm. or less rather, rather than Ant-Man because they, because that event more signifies and, and he even tells them like, I'll see you soon as in my variants are going to come and start to fight you guys because now the, the protection is gone. Right. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so what I was getting at is I can see how people viewing Ant-Man would watch that credit scene and feel like, because they say the exiled one and Kang talks about being exiled, but it doesn't seem like, yeah, he's a threat to them, but him dying or being like further exiled, that doesn't seem like something that would suddenly all of the Kangs would be like, now is our time. It's more when he who remains died. Okay. Okay. I see. I see your point. I see it. Oh, man. Yeah. There's got to be a love child, though. Like, really? Is he who remains? <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, man. Oh, Sylvie. All right. So. We are done bickering about quantum mania. Um, and we're gonna, we have time to talk about, I don't know why I have energy, but we do have time to talk about The Last of Us episode six. Okay. Welcome to winter. Um, Will, where do you want to start? Oh, let's start from the beginning. Um, I, because the episode, you know, we, we, we get, uh, we, we, we're three months after the events that we saw in Kansas City. Um, and I think it was important for them to, to start there. Um, uh, mainly just to like recognize that to, for two things. One, um, uh, to be respectful of what we just all went through. Uh, but two, um, uh, to show that Joel and Ellie have moved on in their, their journey. Um, and while they're not in mourning at that particular point anymore, as far as just, you know, the suddenness of what had just transpired three months earlier, um, is, you know, still clear, you know, clearly is still impacting them. And, um, uh, but the one thing I did like about the episode when they did come across the cabin and, and, uh, the, 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 the old couple, the older couple, uh, it, it definitely added some needed levity to the show. Uh, and, and it, whenever, um, uh, whenever, uh, Joel enters the cabin with the, uh, with, the, with, with the man and, and, you know, the husband and wife dynamic and stuff. And, you, and it's clear these folks have been there since before the world ended. So, you know, so they've been, they've been off the grid and then there's their interactions and stuff and, um, and, and just really, you know, setting up various things as far as like, don't go west and, and, and this, and all, I, I felt that again, like I said, yeah, I, I, I needed, I needed to laugh after like getting broken <laughs> last yeah. week. Um, and, and that, and that scene, um, just to sort of start things out, uh, really, really was something that we, I think collectively as viewers, we needed. Yeah. I, um, yeah, no, I agree. Um, I, 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 I probably enjoyed, um, had the most laughs when Ellie, Tommy, Maria, and, uh, Joel sit down for dinner. Yeah, that's you. Yeah. And that goes to some more too. Yeah. I just, I just, um, yeah. I, I, you know, you want to start at the beginning. I, I just want to get right into the guts of this episode, um, because my big epiphany. Um, well, not even epiphany, but my big takeaway from this episode is fi- finally Pedro's been doing great, mm-hmm. but he definitely elevated his game in this episode, um, to match what Bella's been giving. And there's, there's a few scenes in particular. I mean, one, you have the monologue about where he's trying to convince Tommy to 
go with Ellie in his place because he can't. Um, and, and just, just the emotional and Pedro Pascal, I loved you the moment you did a monologue on game of Thrones. And, and I, I feel like, I feel like Mandalorian just needs more monologues from Mando. I mean, to elevate yeah. the show, because there's something about the way that, that, because I, I will, like, I have rewatched his monologue to Tyrion in season four of Game of Thrones, and it's monologue when he says, I'll be your champion, so many times. Mm-hmm. It's a very different monologue than the one he delivers as Joel. But mm-hmm. he emutes so much, like, feelings about what he's saying. Oh, my God. Like, there's that scene. And then, of course, the scene where I I know Twitter's been going crazy about it because of just how insane the cutscene comparison to the actual scene itself in the show between Ellie and Joel when Ellie confronts him and is like, about loss and about you're leaving me. You can't do this. I'm not going to like it. And, and him shutting her down. Um, Mm -hmm. and it's, it's, it's weird how I both forgot about that scene, but in that moment, I was, I was remembering so much about that scene. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's uncanny how sometimes this game, um, even though I've never played it, but I've, I've watched and I've read so many, I've listened to so many interviews. Um, I I just I I can't believe how much from my vague understanding and love of the story how much it still resurfaces um through watching it now. It's it's pretty crazy. And that was like 2 years ago when I fell down, 2 3 years ago when I fell down that rabbit hole. So huh. um, wow. Yeah. 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 And just imagine if you had played the game, I mean how much deeper you would probably be blown more blown away by by how they take us a very pivotal pivotal moments um and um have recreated them and 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 base and ex, expanded on them and, and making them even even deeper in a different medium uh from in, in live action mm-hmm. um, yeah but yeah yeah i mean and you know i and i saw the cutscene. Um, and it, yeah, it, it is powerful. Um, even without the context of seeing the live action version, and you're right, whenever you, you, you see the two of them together, and I know, I know the showrunners, um, you know, talked about how it's mostly, other than just a few words here and there, that it's mostly word for word as far as how it was, uh, how it was, you know, um, cut. But, but also back to your point about Pedro and his performance, because again, it's his face. And his, it, how he just emotes and delivers those lines and, and just how, how broken, it, how broken Joel's is from Sarah's death and, and how that impacts, you know, him now where, you know, you know, with like, for example, in the, you know, he starts to have the panic attacks because, he, 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 um, you know, different motivations, you know, Ellie's biggest fear is being left alone. Joel's biggest fear is failing another child, even though it's not his child, but I mean, you know, but as we have, as we have gone on with him on this journey, that father daughter relationship is there now. And even if it's unspoken, but it's there and and you see the manifestation of that in this episode with the panic attacks. And then when he's talking to Tommy about, you know, first when they, when he and Tommy are first having a conversation, you know, he, he was, you know, he was having to come to grips that, you know, Tommy's, I'm not Tommy's, I'm not protecting Tommy anymore. <laughs> Where, and, and, and then, and then later when, he does finally break down and confide to him. It's like, look, I'm afraid that I, I'm going to fail and I need for you to do this for me. Uh, all those moments, just like, you're right. I mean, this, this was the episode where he really, Pedro really did step. I mean, he's been great all season, but this one was like next level. Right. 
Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, it's funny because you brought up the, um, the podcast after show podcast and I was listening to it not too long ago. Um, but here's another crazy thing is I've, I've heard Neil Druckmann talk about the last of us, last of us two so many times in different interviews. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Troy Baker, same thing. I've, re- I've listened to Troy Baker, um, wa- have Nolan North, um, who plays, who voices a character you haven't met yet, mm-hmm. uh, but will soon, um, yeah. but play through the game. And, and while they were talking about this episode in particular, I had the most flashbacks to those interviews and that gameplay because they talked about a lot of the behind the scenes moments of the game itself, including the fact that Ellie is obsessed with space because of Ashley mm-hmm. Johnson. Yeah. And, yeah. And Joel is a singer because of Troy Baker. So, um, but, but like, like these are things I've forgotten, but the moment they said it, I was like right back. I'm like, oh yeah, I do know that. I do remember them talking about that. Um, or how this scene, the the uh the quote unquote but almost betrayal scene between the two of them, um, the fight that occurs when she pushes him, that was that was something that happened um like after a lot of a lot of tries at getting the scene that Ashley just did. So, um, and, and you have to like listeners and viewers have to remember that these actors were told not to watch the game. So the fact, and I don't, so even if they haven't watched it, I do. I'm and now that I'm thinking about it, maybe the director is kind of telling them like some things, but at the same time, it's it's really uncanny how 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 similar everything is um to the way it was betrayed especially in these very key moments um so but yeah, yeah there's yeah. there's there's a lot of emotional trauma in this episode <laughs> there is there is it's different it's not as it's not as as direct as it was and, you know, as far as the, the visual, visually as it was with Sam and Henry and, and, and what we experienced. But yeah, I mean, there, there definitely is that, uh, a, a lot of just heavy emotion, um, all throughout and, and as we, you know, from the moment, you know, as there is Joel and Ellie are all, when they first get to, uh, get to Jackson and, and the tension <laughs> of when the, when the, um, folks from the town come out and, and, and first see them and, and, you know, whenever they're trying to figure out whether or not they're infected or not. And, and, you know, and we're all like, oh gosh, you know, when the dog like sniffs Joel and then goes to sniffs Ellie and we're all like sitting at the edge of our seat, even though we obviously intellectually we know that they're going to make it. But it's still just like, how did they get out of that situation? You know? Right. Well, they did a very good job. And it's, it's a, it's kind of a disorienting scene for me because I remember watching it and there was so much tension. Um, and the more I think about it, the more I think that they got the tension because yes, as a viewer, you know that Ellie's going to be fine, but. As a viewer who's viewing the scene through Joel's eyes, mm-hmm. there's that fear, that anxiety, yeah. that it didn't dawn on me that they were doing until he talks, brings it up with his conversation with Tommy. Yeah. Like, like it didn't, it, it just was like, oh, okay, this is, we're, we're going to get through this, but okay, this is pretty intense. Um, it didn't resonate as much. And that's something I really appreciate a, a lot about this episode and how it's structured and written, mm-hmm. um, like Quantumania, um, is that they, they, there was so much subtleness in a lot, like the first half hour of this, that when the characters, these, these two characters who, yeah, they speak, but they mainly grunt. Um, 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they mainly like shoot things. They're, they're, they're quiet people. But when yeah. they, when they spill their guts out about what's really going on in their minds, uh, you, you understand so much more about what was going on. Like, like I was kind of thrown off of, with the panic attacks at first. I was like, Oh, yeah. okay. What's what, why, why is this happening? Um, and then when he breaks down and then also listening to the showrunners talk about it, I'm like, yeah, this makes total sense why you would be having them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, and, and not why he would be having them. Why now? Right. Right. Y- you know, because I think, I think there's sometimes we, we forget like, that's just a gimmick for the episode, but but when there's an intention behind characters developing certain habits, um, that is a part of their story, then then like timing is everything, and it's not just f- to make the episode unique. This is the one where Joel has panic attacks. No, this is the one where like it's. He's not fighting the infected right now, but he might as well be because yeah. for him, this is his climactic moment where and and it really does end in that terrifying, terrifying moment where did he fail? Ellie's alone. Mm-hmm. Ellie's stranded now. Um, and um, and yeah, we know logically they're going to make it out somehow, but. But how that happens um, still has yet to be shown. Um, and and I and I love the the song at the end. And uh, yeah, it's it's uh, one of the showrunner's daughters singing that. Um, but I just yeah, love but how it, but also like that final yeah. shit was framed too. It's very beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was a and it was a, it was a bookend too because that that same song was uh, the song that was playing at the end of the first episode. Yeah, I knew and it sounded so, familiar. I couldn't yeah. put my finger on why, but yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was a cover at the Pesh Mode song. So, um, yeah. So, but but again, it's just like that's that's the, the genius of this show is that all these little all these little moments they 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 come back to you um, when you it, it, when you don't expect it or when it needs to frame, like you said, how they framed Joel and Ellie. Um, they're, 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 their two biggest fears are they have to confront that at the very end of that episode. Um, well, because, of, because of, huh? Well, it, it happened. happened. Yeah, I know by my point, I know, but they, they structured it in a way that, you know, they brought it, you know, you know, they, 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 they taught, they teased it along throughout, not teased yeah. it, they, they, you know, they, things happen throughout, you know, from, you know, like from, talk about you know, it and then it happens. They talk, yeah, they talk about it when it happened, you know, Joel, you know, you know, from fall, from Joel falling asleep on the watch after, right. you know, lecturing her to about, no, I got the watch. I'll stay, you know, and so and he fails there. And then something else happened. He fails there. He has panic attacks. I mean, it's just, it's just like you said, you, the scene when they get to Jackson, you know, looking through it through Joel's eyes, he's like, I failed again. So it's just, well, yeah. When he, but see, I don't know if he thought he failed when they got to Jackson. Yeah. In that moment when he was in the moment. Yeah. 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 And it's not even to Jackson. It's the outskirts of Jackson. Because right, right. Um, what I keep thinking about is how looking at this episode, there's a lot of hope in it, mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Yeah, there but, is. But it's like, it's like Joel and Ellie can't see it. They, they don't want to see it. They don't. Or maybe seeing it and embracing the hope is what really freaks them both out. Um, mm-hmm. because they haven't had that yet. Um, yeah. maybe Ellie has it to an extent because she has Joel, but it's, it's just this weird thing of like, oh my God, there's, there is, you can survive outside of the QZ. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and be like the, I like how we, we went from a two people 
doing just fine, loving their life the way it is, surviving yep. everything to to a community in Jackson. And that's why I think it's a smart choice to interview Jackson the way that they did um, mm-hmm. in this episode. But but this this community and and also. We start this this show. Post outbreak day with like Joel's got his story is finding his brother. Ellie's story mm-hmm. is get into the fireflies so they can they can cure the world. Well, Joel's story in a way ends in this episode because he's he he found his brother and that's why I love yeah. the moment when he sees Tom and he screams and it's so like like oh my god it's so beautiful it's so it's such a weird moment of like yeah. I'm here to save you but you're doing just fine you're doing you're better fine. than me. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> what the yeah. Fuck? <laughs> yeah. But at the same yeah. time, he he like this journey he's been on for four months. I know it's been three months, but there's time yeah. before Kansas City. So yeah. that now you're at the end of your road and it's just like this Tommy. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um but but and maybe it's because yeah, he's gotten a moment of like he's found the person he was looking for, his family, his kin. Ironically, this episode is called Kin. Yeah, and yeah. yet he knows in the back of his mind his he still has he has to deliver this girl now. Like he has to complete make sure she gets to where she w- was wanting to go. Um and and so it's not over. Like like which, which you know, I would have a panic attack. Like you're running a marathon, and mm-hmm. you and you reach your finish line, and then they tell you, "Yeah, but we moved it, so technically yep. you have to go there." <laughs> you're like, but yeah. I just ran. I just ran, yeah, and and that's what happened. I mean, because you know they they you know they go down i i twenty five or whatever, thinking that they're going to get to this university, and you're right, and then they get there and then realize like, oh. This place is abandoned, and and then we find the map of you know with you know going to various destinations you know there in, in Central and West Coast, and you know which um you know and so you're right. I mean it's just like oh gosh we you know we we thought we we you know we we thought we were here at the end of the race and here we got more you know. We, we got more to to go to and then but then you like you said i mean tommy and and maria um ha, you know basically like do have a good life now um and life can can and life can and the world can function in in this um in in, in this new post apocalyptic world um and so you do have that hopefulness that like you know once ellie if they, if we can find the people, the fireflies, and they are able to fashion a cure to this thing, um, we, 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 we can sort of, we can go back to maybe not how things used to be, but there, but there, well, we, we see glim- glimpses of like normalcy that, uh, that like, er, like earlier in, earlier in the season, Frank was trying to do with Bill and, and their little enclave. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's just, I mean, again, this, I mean, this series is just, it's, it's just chef's kiss every week. I mean, I, it, it, it's, it's just, it's, it's, it's just very, so, it's very well paced. I yeah. know, I know two weeks ago I had some concerns. I'm like, I don't, I don't know if they're going to make it in time to wrap up the first game, but I, I told you after watching this episode, I'm like, no, they're making excellent pace. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. And and we're actually next week, if it's the Left Behind episode, I don't know what, that much about Left Behind. I know I, I know bits and pieces, um, but I'm 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 excited to see that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we're we're on track um, to wrap up the the game with this first season which will's just like thank god because i can i need to go 
<laughs> I gotta go watch. I gotta go watch it all now. I could finish up the video of that. I I will tell you guys, like forewarned, Last of Us season two spoilers are out there, and you don't yeah. want things to be spoiled with that. Um, yeah, but um, yeah. yeah, no, but you, but you're absolutely right. Like this, this show. For it, to, for it to be a show that started in January, thank God. It's starting yeah. off my year right. Um, yeah. I haven't been disappointed in an episode. Yeah. I, I just, I, I'm, I'm in awe of this show. Um, I have, I have great love for it. And, and I mean, the only sad thing is that just means all other shows this year will be compared against it. Yeah. 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 You're right. I mean, we grade on a curve and, and this, they, they have like, but it's like, it's like, it's like a job interview. It's like, if the first person comes, you know, either, either, you know, sometimes that first interview, the first comes in and they just knock it out of the park. And, and then everybody else, you know, you do measure everyone else from, you know, based off of that person. Um, and I, and I feel like so far, you know, we, you know, we're, we're still only in, you know, only in February, but, um, the, it, this is the show that, you know, whenever we move forward with other things this year, I mean, I'm going to be like, well, in The Last of Us, it was, you know, it's kind of like how we did last year with House of the Dragon. <laughs> yeah. Well, some of us, some of yeah. us then went on to an Andor show and was like, this is the best thing ever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, man. Yeah. And I stand, and I stand by that. <laughs> And Peacemaker, I mean, that's the show that really we were comparing everything. And But, yeah, I know good things are come because we're going to get – I think we're going to get another season of The Boys this year. We're going to get Succession yep. this year. Yep. We're going to get Loki season two. At some point. <laughs> season two. I, I'm i worried about my expectations for Loki season two. And, and probably some more surprises. You never know. HBO, I hope you're making money. <laughs> yeah, I know other parts. I know other parts of Warner are cutting things, but you notice they never. As far as HBO, they you know you don't hear about the scripted division of HBO getting uh get having any cuts. Everywhere else, yes, but not HBO. <laughs> All right. On that note, Will, why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you? Yes, you can find me at Will M Polk on Twitter. W I L L M P O L K. You can find me at SJ Belmont, S-J-B-L-M-O-N-T. Please follow our crew on Twitter at Cena Nerd. Find us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, and visit our website, www.cenanerdpodcast.com. But most importantly, rate, follow, and comment on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Good night, geek out. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs>